0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at ThriveCosmetics.com slash Thrive. That's ThriveCosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical.
2: This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of
1: current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walantowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about election week and
2: what is to come. So grab your election certification. And let's get civical. Everybody, hello. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you still hungover? Are you still hungover? Have you eaten a vegetable? Are you, have you gotten rest? What a week
1: it has been. Seriously, like just an emotional roller coaster. Totally. And what's crazy is when we,
2: Obviously, we didn't really talk about the election in our Liberty Bell episode because we specifically didn't want to talk about any election things in our Liberty Bell episode. But the one before that, when we were talking about how the week was going to go and how like, you know, it was going to take several days. And basically, when you when I look back, I'm like, this went exactly how I predicted it would go. Mm. It just being in it, as far as, like, the time, the timeline. But when I was in it, I was just like, this is crazy <laughs> that it's, like, you know, Thursday, and then it was Friday, and then it was Saturday. Uh, it was it was a really wild,
1: wild ride. It was It was wild. I also feel like, you know, because we were waiting, I felt like we were waiting for, you know, literally decades for mm-hmm. some kind of news to be announced in this precarious position of, like, it's 253 and like the number of times that steve kornacki you know would like give us numbers and then like you know here's this path and like i kept going to like the new york times website because they had this like really cool like flow thing where you could select the states that like either biden or trump would get and like how it would work out and then by the time it got to saturday i just felt like we had no warning sure
2: well, what was interesting, I was watching, so I also was watching Steve Kornacki. Also, shout out to Steve Kornacki. MSNBC was at the board for like 72 hours straight, just breaking down numbers and all that stuff. But what was so funny to me was on Friday night when he was, so we had been getting votes in from Pennsylvania. And what we had been learning throughout pretty much all of Friday was that they were consistently breaking for Biden. Um, yeah. Yeah something like two to one for Biden. And so by the end of Friday, I think Biden was up by 20 or 25,000 votes at that point. And he was just he was just so clearly and the only like in the kindest way being like, I really just don't see how there's any possibility (laughs) for Trump to win. And and Twitter's blowing up being like, well, somebody please call this race so that Steve Granacki can go to sleep. Because they went to him probably three or four times, especially in, like, the primetime uh, slots. And he just kept being like, you know, I really just, when you just, you think, I know there's provisional ballots, but it just doesn't really seem like he was, he just kept, I guess, saying without saying the fact that he was like, you guys need to call this This state. race, yes.
1: <laughs> you need to call this state, and by by calling the state, please end my torment. Please because end my torment. I just cannot make up anything else live on air. I am running out of white button downs.
2: I out of post-it, of post-it am,
1: notes. I'm running out of post-it notes. My pencil is bitten to the core. Somebody yeah. please put me out of my misery. <laughs> Call yeah. this state. Oh my God. I, uh, so I went upstate to a friend's house for the weekend just to like hang out. And I had driven down to the grocery store at like, you know, 11 o'clock and On the way – like, I was listening to other things, like, completely, like, not paying attention to election stuff, you know, and, like, the one hour that it would have been helpful for Mm -hmm. me to, like, have the news on. And I get back, and I'm, like, making an omelet, and my mom calls me, and she's got, like, tears in her eyes, Mm. and she's like, he won! It's over! And I was like – what? What? Yeah. what are you talking about? And so I like flip open my laptop, put on MSNBC, and just enough time to see like Joe Scarborough be like, "Steve Kornacki needs a raise, please oh, go to I bed." Oh, I saw that too.
2: And Steve's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do.
1: <laughs> I do need a raise, man. I do Maybe. need a raise for doing this." Yeah,
2: yeah. I was watching MSNBC when it broke, and what was so weird about it? Well, because I was watching it simply because I wanted to watch Steve Kornacki, like sort of like my heart and soul yeah and they were doing they were doing a segment and talking to somebody else. i mean like the whole the whole 72 hours they were just grabbing anybody who could talk about the same things but like a little bit differently you know like this advisor this former person this uh, former senator whatever and so they were doing a segment with somebody and just asking them about the election and then they were like um we have some breaking news Joseph Biden is now the the 46th president or whatever is the president elect. And it was just so quick that yeah. I was like, oh, oh my God. Okay, <laughs> we're here. Okay. okay. Like I called my roommates. I was like, it happened. It's over. So you know, because by that point we had been waiting on Pennsylvania for at least 24 hours. You yeah. know, like nothing had that was, I think that was what was surprising to me. Is I I didn't expect, I expected the length of time that it took. I just didn't expect. The length of time where not, like, there were no states being called, like, when it was down to, you know, the six or or the, the five, whatever, the ones that were remaining. Yeah. There was just a long period of time between when Michigan and Wisconsin were called. Yep. And then any other state. Yes. It felt interminable. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I didn't expect, like, all five of them to kind of, like, be in limbo, you know? um, yes. So that was... Yeah, that was wild. It was wild. It's still wild. Yeah. Just to update everybody on where we are truly as of this moment, which is Sunday night, so three days before this is about to air. Look, it's it may change. It may not change in this p- time period. I don't know. So depending on where you're looking at, the Associated Press and strangely Fox News have <laughs> Joe Biden at 290 because they've awarded Arizona or they've, they've projected that he will win Arizona And the New York Times, NBC, ABC, sort of every other news outlet has Joe Biden at 279. They have not called Arizona yet. And Trump is at 214 across the board. Obviously, you need 270 of the Electoral College numbers to become the president of the United States. So with or without Arizona, Joe Biden is over 270. Uh, yes. So that's where we're at right now. We are still waiting for North Carolina to be called. We're still waiting for Georgia to be called. We're still waiting, depending on where you're watching, for Arizona. And strangely, Alaska. Alaska. Alaska so, just holding out. So interesting. Really think it's it going to go for Biden. No. I can't imagine. It's just like the nail in the coffin. Uh.
1: Yeah. yeah so yeah. so
2: that's kind of where where the numbers are at right now. So what we're kind of where we're at, this is where we're at. Let me just let me tell you where we're at. Joe Biden has been projected as the president-elect. He's been made the president-elect of the United States. That basically means that according to all of the independent Projectors, news desks, all the of, across all of the networks, mind you. Again, I, and this is including Fox News. Everybody has projected that there is no path forward in which Trump can get to 70 of the votes. No, as is. Yep. So, with that, as in any presidential election in modern time, it comes out, it is projected who the winner will be. That's never really been widely contested, other than. No. Bush v. Gore. Gore yeah. and it was, you know, when we were, which which we talked about in our Bush v. Gore episode. When of course Florida was kind of up in the air. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the legal challenges that have uh, that have begun that had started beginning throughout election week. You know, honestly, as everybody saw. Yep. And what potentially may happen moving forward. I think the one major thing that I wanted obviously differentiate between Bush v. Gore, which is kind of the only thing we can really look to for like modern precedent about how a potential judicial system intervention can play out. The yeah. difference between that and what's happening here is Bush v. Gore, we were talking about Florida and a very specific part of Florida. Yeah. And very a very specific spe- batch of votes.
1: Yeah. A very specific And a recount. Circunsta- a recount. Very specific set of circumstances that Had to do with like the way ballots were punched, Mm -hmm. how they were counted, what was the like the method by which we were going to count some of these votes, and when we were like, you know, it was very, very specific. This is like, from my understanding, several
2: states. This is several states. (laughs)
1: Like, I, Lizzie has done the research. I have not done the research on the legal challenges, quite frankly. I there's what? no hope. I you just, don't I see don't, it. <laughs> I don't see it happening for one Donald sure. J. Trump. I so I'm like ugh, whatever. But it's important to note that like they it's are happening, to and he's not. You know, some like some commentator that I was listening to this week was like, "We're not talking about like a couple hundred votes. We're talking no, we're about." Not. Dozens of thousands of votes that would have to be deemed fraudulent in order for a state to flip from Biden to Trump, and that's just not going to happen. You're talking about – it's like an insurmountable number of votes. Like these legal challenges just don't have water, especially since he's like – Count them here. Or don't count them there. And it's like, well, right. what's your legal standing then? Because which one is it? Which, which one is one it? Is honey? it? You're we hot can't have your yes ways. and your no. You're mm-hmm. in and you're
2: out. You're up and you're down. You're hot
1: and you're cold. What do you want? Your actions don't match exactly. your words. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, and speaking of margins, I think it's really helpful to note, just to give the listeners an idea who haven't been sort of watching Steve Kornacki in the way that um, sort of like we have, kind of obsessively, the closest race. Of, of any of the sort of like states where there's going to be potential challenges in is Georgia, where Biden is leading by 10,000 votes as of right Ooh. now. So it it was like 2000 and it's been steadily growing. It hit 10,000 today. They're still showing as 99% reporting. So I don't know how many ballots are necessarily left, but so that's the, that is the smallest number of of votes that Trump would have to overturn is 10,000. So it's, that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of votes. It's a lot. Yep. So let's just kind of talk about some of the legal challenges. And I'm going to be referencing a really great article that was put out by one ABC News, Meredith DeLiso and Catherine Thorbeck. And it basically just goes through each state. I'm going to go, I'm going to do Pennsylvania last because that is to me, I think, Where if I'm guessing what the Trump campaign does, I think they will put a lot of attention on Pennsylvania because Mm -hmm. without Pennsylvania, Trump does not have a path forward. No. So if I'm Trump, I want to I want to flip Pennsylvania. Yeah. But let's start. uh, One of the first things that was issued was uh, and this is something that we'll see a lot that we've seen a lot with the with the legal challenges. So one of the first ones that we saw come out was uh with Michigan. And this came out on Wednesday. I think Michigan and Wisconsin both had ones that came out on Wednesday. They tried the whole thing was like trying to stop the vote counting. Like that right. was like during during Wednesday and like parts of Thursday. The whole the whole goal was to get <laughs> It was to, like, stop counting here, definitely count over here where he's, like, gaining traction, but, like, stop it in where he's not winning. But it's centered around this idea that poll watchers, which each state has different rules on poll watching. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some are like, it's free. Anybody can walk in and watch this and it's whatever. Some are very strict. So in Michigan... The Trump campaign filed a lawsuit asking the vote counting stop until courts can enforce rules that permit campaign observers to watch the ballots being open and counted. The campaign alleged that poll watchers were being denied close up access to observe vote counting at locations in Detroit. So a lot of these lawsuits you're seeing sort of conveniently rests in the in the big counties that helped flip the state for Biden. Right. On Thursday, this lawsuit in Michigan was denied by a judge saying Great. basically on the basis that there was not, there was a lack of evidence and detail provided by the campaign. So it's another thing you're going to see. A lack of evidence is
1: kind it's so of like weird for Trump. He the loves evidence. Right now. So that comes up evidence. again.
2: The next one I'm going to talk about, this one is super interesting and just kind of developed a little later today. Arizona. specifically in Maricopa County, which is the county that also helped flip the state to Biden. But Trump has actually been kind of streaking that lead that Biden had initially. I don't think that he has enough to take the state back. But anyways, Maricopa County has been a big county. And there was this thing where there was this kind of, um, I guess, rumor. So what they can do in their ballots is they can fill it out with like a black or blue pen or a Sharpie. And the rumor started or or it was reported that that the Sharpie was bleeding through the ballots, therefore potentially like messing up like the ballots. And so that like that could sway, you know, if it bleeds through, it might bleed through and bleed through for Joe Biden or Mm. it won't get counted or it's been, you know, destroyed, basically. So it's kind of this like Sharpie gate thing.
1: Oh, my God. And...
2: (laughs) And Please tell me the, that Sharpie
1: put out a tweet that was like, "We want no part." It's not <laughs>
2: us. It's not us. Well, basically, the uh, I believe it was the Secretary of State. I could be wrong. It could be some other election official in Arizona. They did an investigation. The Sharpie does not bleed through the ballots. They are they use Sharpies all the time. It base and the this has this lawsuit has also been dismissed because it turns out that there is no sign of any sort of ballot. Uh, whatever it's called, like destruction because of Sharpies. So that was that happened in Arizona. That's so nuts. I know. Then there's Nevada, sort of slow counting Nevada, who's just been taking her sweet time. And this one was a little different in that, again, the, the Trump administration sued Clark County, which was, again, the big county in Nevada that everybody was waiting on the votes on that were probably going to be for Biden, that was probably going to make Nevada go by, you know, be Biden. Yeah. But this one was because they were alleging that there was, quote, lax procedures for authenticating mail-in ballots and over 3,000 instances of ineligible individuals casting ballots. So something that came into play in Nevada was this... um, The Trump campaign was alleging that, like, people who had moved out of state were voting, dead people were voting, people who should not be voting are voting. Ah, yes, the old tropes. The old tropes. And basically, I believe the Secretary of State of Nevada
1: was like, there's, this is, this is not an issue. I also feel like if Trump really felt that that was an issue, like, if the Trump campaign felt that it was an issue that they were legitimately concerned about, that is an issue to bring before the court before the election. Like if you um, well, like but these you have to understand is they the didn't
2: predict, they did not predict losing. losing I would say <laughs> this lawsuit that was filed to again stop the counting until yeah. it was rectified uh, was denied uh, because the judge uh, didn't think that the plaintiffs came to the court with quote sufficient evidence to get what is required of the quote extraordinary relief of an injunction. That would get him to dictate how Clark County should do their job. So again, lawsuit brought up. The judge is like, you're not bringing evidence. I'm seeing a theme here. You are asserting and there is no evidence whatsoever. I'm sensing a strong theme. So two more states, Georgia. lover, Sort of like saucy Georgia, which again, as I said, Trump or Biden has the slimmest lead as of right now from all the states that I've talked about. The Trump campaign filed a lawsuit with uh, uh, in Chatham County, which again, county that was very important to Biden winning Georgia or Biden going ahead in Georgia, I should say. And this one, well, there was two things that happened. The first thing was there was rumors that the soft that a software portion of, of the ballot counting was like malfunctioning or whatever. That proved to not be the case, and that it didn't affect the actual outcome of the votes counting. The second one, major one, is was one about how they they were alleging that ballots were being counted that came in mail-in ballots, I should say, that came in after the state's deadline for mail-in ballots to be in and they were still being counted. And that lawsuit was dismissed uh, by a judge citing lack of evidence. That's the ballots referenced in the petition were received after the deadline. So, once again, no evidence. No evidence. No evidence. And now let's finally talk about Pennsylvania. Because again, like I said, I think this is, I don't know, if I had to guess, this would be where I would focus my efforts because you really do need Pennsylvania at this at this moment. Yeah. So uh, Pennsylvania has ha- already had a lawsuit sort of war going on between Republican, Pennsylvania Republicans and Pennsylvania Democrats, mostly based on the extension of the mail-in ballot deadline so they extend it was extended and the courts the the pennsylvania supreme court upheld that it could be extended and the republicans were challenging that Mm -hmm. and it was pending review by the supreme court so Mm -hmm. the interim action was that the ballots that were received after the original deadline, let's say it was election day. I'm not actually sure what day they were actually due before this. De- this was extended. Anything was, that was received after that in the potential new extension yeah. would have to be separated and counted separately. So that's what they. That's that's what everybody agreed on. That seems very that logical. Do you have to put them over here until this is resolved?
0: And I then love it this Either idea. like is a
2: part of the final count or it's not. Right. But you're it is still important. counting the votes. I believe it's something around this will count for around three to 4,000 ballots. And again, right now, Biden is up in Pennsylvania by about 41,000 votes. So, what happened on, I want to say, or oh, the first thing that happened on Wednesday was that the Trump campaign filed a lawsuit saying that they were not given, were not allowed to quote, meaningfully watch the vote count in, you guessed it, Philadelphia County. Big Uh, county for Biden. Yeah, can you believe it? A Pennsylvania judge actually granted the Trump campaign's request to observe Philadelphia poll workers as they process the remaining mail-in ballots. They're like, yes, you can come in, you can watch. Basically, the Trump campaign was like, we're not being allowed to watch this properly. We're not being allowed to like, you know, be super, super close and watch this. And they were basically using this to get them to stop counting the votes, which a judge was like, "No." no. No, you can move closer, but you were not stopping the votes. No. So that was denied. And so then about these ballots, <laughs> the Trump campaign filed a lawsuit to get the ballots that were segregated, that were separated, from stop- to not be counted. Like, just put them aside. Don't count them. And that went to the Supreme Court. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know how the justices, like, one of them will make a quick Decision because it's like their jurisdiction. Uh huh. You know, when that happens. Yeah. So, none other than Samuel Alito ah. made a quick decision and was like, Yes, we separate the ballots. No, you can't stop counting them. We will continue to review what to do with these ballots since it's still a pending thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, sorry, you have to count them. Yeah. No, you don't have to put them with the other ballots. But that's what it is. So we actually did get a Samuel Alito ruling on Thursday,
1: which I was like, oh, my God,
2: what are you doing here?
1: Everybody's on call. Everybody's on call. When that came
2: on the news, I was like, oh, my God, Alito, go home. So those are kind of like the major states that have obviously been in play this entire week. You know, sort of a rough outline of the various lawsuits that have been brought out so far. I could safely say my opinion is the Trump campaign has had slim to no legal victories thus far. Thank God. In any of the states that they have so far targeted, which have all been states that have come into, like the last states that were, you know, came into play as far as deciding the projection of how this election was going to turn out.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So
2: the other thing to note uh, is that they, the campaign did announce that they were going to file a series of lawsuits on Monday, which is tomorrow for us and two days ago for those of you listening. So I don't know yet what that's going to be. My guess is that it's going to center around, obviously, claims of voter fraud. It's probably going to continue to center around poll watchers not being given, you know, accurate access to ballot counting. They yep. might request recounts in some places that they are, you know, allowed to request a recount for, although those margins are widening. So that's not really looking good for them. No, no, it's, it's pretty crazy. So again, I don't, I don't necessarily know exactly what the legal challenges are going to be. What I, what I'm going to do is if we do hear tomorrow, what they are, I'm going to insert future Lizzie in. Right now, to tell us what that update is, so we are up, up to speed. So, future Lizzie, let us know what has happened. What has happened? Hello, it's future Lizzie. And just like I teased when we recorded this episode, we do have a couple of updates about the sort of legal challenges that the Trump campaign is sort of mounting against the election results. I would say two to three big things. The first one is an actual lawsuit that they filed in Pennsylvania, heard of her, where they basically are trying to stop the certification of the election results in that state. We will go over what election result certification is a little bit later in this episode, so you can learn more about that. They are alleging that their observers weren't given appropriate observation of the ballot counting. And they are also alleging that the what sort of in Pennsylvania when you mail in your ballot and also when you go in person, there is a signature match uh, that you that the voter has to go through and that the poll worker has to confirm that it's the same signature. So you're not trying to pretend to be somebody else. And they're alleging that the signature matching process between mail-in ballots and what is done in person were not equal. So therefore, if you went in person, the it was a strict signature matching system. But by mail-in ballots, they were just, you know, being willy-nilly about matching the signatures. Again, worth noting, no evidence to support any of this. It will be obviously brought before the uh, uh, a judge in Pennsylvania before, I imagine, being moved up to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and perhaps even the Supreme Court, you know, who's to say if they will take up this case. But um, at least a judge in Pennsylvania will be ruling on that sometime in the coming days, I would imagine. Another big update is that William Barr, remember William Bilbo Baggins Barr, who is the Attorney General of the United States, sent around a memo to the Justice Department saying that they should investigate any valid claims of voter fraud. This is obviously wildly concerning as the Justice Department should not really have any role in sort of partisan uh, election contentions. Um but this is not surprising that we're seeing this from William Bilbo Baggin's bar, the a higher up in the uh, sort of election fraud branch of the justice Justice Department immediately resigned upon getting this memo. So that kind of gives you an idea of how people in that department perhaps are reacting to the idea of the Justice Department intervening to sort of overturn results for an election. And then finally, sort of like hilariously, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Heard of him? He just today, and I'm giving you this update truly on Tuesday evening because I wanted to give you the most updated (laughs) information as I could, gave a press conference where he quite literally said there will be a, quote, peaceful transition to a Trump second term, which I know if you're listening sounds in-fucking-sane, considering that Trump did not win this election. So again, you have sort of the Secretary of State of the United States sort of pursuing and pushing this unsubstantiated claim that the Trump campaign is making that not only did they win the election, but that they won it because there was tens of thousands, almost hundreds of thousands of cases of voter fraud across the continental U.S., which I, again, cannot stress has not been substantiated in any way, shape, or form. So that's the updates as of right now. You guys, it's going to keep being... the Things are just going to keep coming out. Lawsuits will continue to come out, and we will be tracking those, obviously. Can't stress enough, cannot stress enough that... Uh, it is so normal for a projected, a pro, it is so normal for a projection to be called by media outlets. Again, it is based on the voting information provided by the states. So it's not the news media going in and being like, oh, who do we think won this? The states are providing updates on the ballots as they're being counted there is it is customary for a projected winner to be called and it is also customary for members of the opposite party to sort of congratulate the president elect and to at least acknowledge that they are the president elect so this is quite uh surreal and quite unusual what's happening but we'll continue to moderate monitor it and again no evidence of fraud can't stress it enough so i'm gonna we're gonna hop to a commercial break right now and then uh we're gonna hop back into uh to our episode. so stay tuned for more we're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything
2: Yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we were at. That's the week that we've had. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Oh, wow. wow.
2: So speaking of decisions, because another big thing that we uh, talked about is, you know, this whole thing, the the Trump campaign is now putting out this sort of slogan of the media doesn't decide the election, which is correct. The voters decide the election. The media simply just reports on Mm -hmm. the amount of votes that have come in for each state and does the statistical math to figure out, which I'm, I guess kind of anybody could probably do this math if they had the numbers readily available. Yeah, to them. if you had the data. Yeah, it's just it's just data and statistics at this point. But you're right, the media does not declare the winners. The media simply reports on what the votes and the data is telling us, yep. which in this case is that Biden will be the next president of the United States. But um, but something that Trump tweeted god help me uh i think yesterday or today who times the social construct times, was that times is the, not real not real but that the election had not been certified yet and that is true so we're going to talk about canvassing and certifying the vote what that means so right now yep. everything is a projection joe biden is the president-elect it is you know This happens every single election, presidential election. This is exactly how it works. This isn't a new thing. This always is how it is. Everybody learns who the president is because the media projects who it's going to be. So again, not new. But um, so this information is coming from the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, which we love to see. Yep. So, quote, the outcome of the election is not official until the completion of the canvas of votes and certification of results which sometimes may be several weeks after Election Day. The purpose of the canvas is to account for every ballot cast and to ensure that each valid vote is included in the official results. For an election official, the canvas means aggregating or confirming every valid ballot cast and counted absentee, early voting, election day provisional, challenged, and uniformed and overseas citizens, the canvas enables an election official to resolve discrepancies, correct errors, and take any remedial actions necessary to ensure completeness and accuracy before certifying the election. So yes. this is basically they're going through making sure everything yes. is good.
1: Everything's yes. kosher. Everything's yes. good to go. Everything's good to go. People who voted who are supposed to have their vote counted, they get counted. No irregularities. No and granted, also, yeah. let
2: me say this as well. There are going to be Handfuls of cases where you're like, oh, this shouldn't have been counted. Yep. We are talking in at most hundreds, not thousands. It yep. is quite unusual for there to be massive voting irregularities, and by unusual, I mean it has never happened. No, before, and even
1: hundreds, I think statistically would be like,
2: I it's a stretch. I'm saying anomaly. hundreds across the yeah. United States.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Not within necessarily one uh, state. A single state. Yes. The Canvas board may be responsible for releasing the certification of election results after it reconciles the results from precincts, early voting sites, absentee voting, provisional and challenged ballots, and uniformed and overseas citizen ballots. The certification of results often includes information about the following. Number one, reconciled precinct totals, including provisional and challenged ballots. Number two, reconciled vote center totals, including provisional and challenged ballots. Number three. Reconciled write-in totals, including provisional and challenge ballots. Number four, all duplicated ballots. Number five, all replacement ballots issued at the polling site after a ballot was spoiled. And number six, all rejected ballots. The documentation of the canvases board's activities is published Everywhere it is given to both candidates. Everybody, everybody gets
1: these results. Everybody gets the results. The public can see them. They're accessible. If you really want to go like deep dive, you are. Which you know like, we do. Please go do B and report back. If and you report wanna, back d- to if us. you want to deep dive into the into the certification of Arizona's ballots at some point, like please hit us up. We please will talk. to do it once this is over in every state. That is it. The
2: election yep. is over. Yep. This is what the Trump campaign is saying decides an election, which technically is true. However, is tr- yes, never it's- in the history of like Bush v. Gore doesn't even count because the courts decided that. But never in the history of our country has the certification process changed the outcome of a projected Election?
1: No, because the the actual certification can be de- it's different by state, but like the yeah. certification is like a moment where the person who can certify the or the the person or the group of people who can certify the vote basically look at it and be like, yep, everything was done correctly and we're good and we certified. We did it. The actual counting it. and this and like the canvassing and reconciling and everything that is literally happening right now across you know the 50 states and all of the ballots that come in from the troops and and you know overseas people like that's that's all all of the the meat of the work is happening right now and that's what Trump is trying to stop in multiple states he's right. actually just trying to stop the counting of the vote the certifying is like i mean the certifying matters to him because that's the point at which like he can no longer right fight it i mean i guess he could in some way, maybe? In a I think court it would be hard. Law, I mean, like it would be point, really hard.
2: Yeah, at this point, I think he is putting all of his eggs in yep. the basket of the judicial system, and yep. probably specifically Shock. the Supreme Court, in the sense of like he needs to get a ruling that throws out. Tens of hundreds of thousands of ballots. Yeah. That's what that is, that is what he needs. Cause cause yep. there's no other, there's nothing else. So his eggs are in that basket, but I'm also, you know, knowing the Supreme Court, sort of like a dark I know well, sort of like my, you know, the extension of myself <laughs> that I no longer Thank you recognize for when I look reference. in the mirror. If you course, know what Lizzie just
1: out. if you know what Lizzie just referenced, what lyric? Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Tweet at us.
2: I don't think that the Supreme Court will take up any case. About this election, unless it there is obviously evidence. And also, number two, it would change the outcome. Uh, that's why you have to focus mostly on Pennsylvania, I think, unless they're trying unless they're going to release a lawsuit. And again, I don't know, but future Lizzie, who just spoke, will know, unless they're trying to get a lawsuit that covers six states all in once, but they've already put out lawsuits that that it's different things that they're going after in each of the states, you know? It's not, It's not something that can be wrapped up together. Like you can't deal with not being able to observe the ballots and a glitch in the computer system on the same court case, you know, like those are two different issues here.
1: Right. And also if he's that concerned about like having his people in the polling places and he's concerned about the Sharpies and he's concerned (laughs) about the electronic glitches, like, you know, dude, like you'd have a better argument if you almost focused on all 50 states, like, I'm sure there's some shit like he could get angry about in California, but it doesn't matter. He's not going to like lodge that legal complaint because there's no hope that he could ever right. win California. So he doesn't care right. about it. He cares about right. the states where he thinks he could potentially get some kind of vote count back in his favor. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's like, you know, it's just, I, I mean, it's a lost cause. <laughs> yeah. It's a lost yeah.
2: cause. I don't... I truly... I mean, and I know that we're dealing with a 6-3 majority, conservative majority in the, in the Supreme Court right now, but I... With, without something unreal coming out as evidence, in, which, I mean, they're filing a lawsuit tomorrow, so I, I, they must think that they already have some sort of unreal evidence, but quite simply, nobody else does. Yeah. I don't think that the Supreme Court will take up this case, because the margin that he needs to get back is so large now that I can't even imagine a situation which you throw out over 40,000 ballots, which is what the lead is in Pennsylvania.
1: He'd have to win that in multiple states. Like, you know, say he takes George, I mean, he's going to take North Carolina. He's going to get Alaska's 3. You know, like <laughs> he's going to he's going to have to win multiple legal challenges to get to two. Like there's just no Yeah. It's a, long no, shot. it's a long shot. It's a long shot. It's a,
2: it's, yeah. So that's where we're at now. I am operating because I feel very confident about this. I am operating as though Joe Biden is the next president of the United States because. Yep that is what I mean, the if numbers not, the math tells us
1: and if not we're all going to i mean like could you imagine the entire country celebrates instagram twitter all of the social media is full of people like fuck yeah biden and like all of that and then it comes out that like trump i mean like that would that's worse than the javits center
2: <laughs> that well it's it's so, it's just unfathomable to me because uh, there's no evidence. You know, like no. if, if there was generally in this week coming out stories where it's like, oh, you know, and everybody, like the reporting, the secretaries of state, the governors were all like, we really need to investigate this. Yeah. I would be a little more anxious, but no, no, no one, nobody.
1: Nobody is not the Trump campaign. Republican
2: that, yeah. Has has that is involved in the election counting process has yep. come out and been like, This is a thing. Yeah. So Joe Biden is the projected, you know, president-elect, 46th president of the United States, which means that one Donald J. Trump is about to enter what is called a lame duck session. So we thought we'd quickly touch
1: on- Touch on what- The lame duck. What a lame duck session is. It's got a funny name. And you know what? We're going to tell you where it came from, too. Yes. So all of this is coming from the Senate. We know her. We love her. An outlet called Gen, capital G, capital E, capital N, which is a outlet from Medium. That's like their political outlet. An article by Ben Jacobs and our friends at the Constitution Center. We can't be without them, really. We can't be without them. So according to the, to the Senate, Congress, when Congress or either chamber, so either the House or the Senate, reconvenes in an even-numbered year following the November general elections to consider various items of business, it's called a lame duck session. Some lawmakers who return for this session will not be in the next Congress, hence they are informally called lame duck members participating in a lame duck session. Which basically means, like, you know, the people who were in power before the election in some way, shape, or form are will no longer have that power when either, like, the president is inaugurated, then like, there's a new president right. inaugurated, or the people who are sitting there have been voted out of their... Mm-hmm. seats uh, in the general election, and so they're just kind of, like, hanging out. hmm Today, this is from the Constitution Center, today the session period usually lasts from mid-November to the Christmas period in election years, but can extend to January 2nd of the following year, depending on, like, if they want to call people back. On the following day, January 3rd, a new session begins, and every other year it contains new members of Congress. So... The members of Congress and the House, they get elected every two years and even numbered years. And then they go and they, you know, if they are going back to Congress, to the House, they'll go back on the 3rd of January in a new cycle. So this is from Ben Jacobs at Jen, quote, according to the Congressional Research Service, the term lame duck comes from 18th century Great Britain, Mm -hmm. where we know we love her where it was applied to bankrupt business people who were likened to wounded waterfowl. Sure. (laughs) Just
2: call me a wounded waterfowl.
1: I I am a lame duck if ever there was one. Hi, Columbia. The term was eventually extended by the 1830s to elected officials with a limited and discreet tenure in office remaining. So, in that sense, we can apply it to Trump because, thank you, America... He has Ten. a limited and discreet tenure in office. We're all fucking
2: he, do, he does. He there it's, He you know,
1: does. So it's generally considered a period of like, what are we going to get done? What could we possibly – like, who's going to do what? Yeah. You know, especially if the president isn't coming back and he is in his first term, depending on what turnover there's been in the House and Senate, generally it can be considered like just kind of a dead period. Right.
2: You give like awards, you do a pardon here and there. Yes. Yes. Hamana sha. hamana
1: sha. But there have been some former lame ducks where things have been more exciting.
0: A little spicy. Uh, than
1: boring. Yeah. A little spicy, a little you know. So in nineteen forty, Congress met to decide how to address the threat of World War II.
2: Sure. I mean, feels Big. like a good
1: op- yeah, feels like Big. exactly what you need to be addressing during a lame obsession. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, in 1950, Chinese troops entered the Korean War during a lame duck session, and Congress debated the use of nuclear weapons in the conflict. We did not oh learn my our lesson. God, I, I know. Like, <laughs> we're still paying the cities in Japan. Like, come on. Four years later, so in nineteen fifty-four, the Senate met in a lame duck session to consider censuring Senator Joseph McCarthy. A la the McCarthy hearing. Wish you would. Yep censor him honey in 1974 congress approved the nomination of nelson rockefeller as vice president during a lame duck session after ronald reagan's victory in 1980 the lame duck congress found a way in a in a bipartisan manner (laughs) (laughs) heard of it heard of it do we know to pass budget resolutions that were delayed during the election great Bipartisan. Let's work together. Let's pass. Let's, do it let's together. pass a budget. Yes, we're gonna have to do that. This lame duck. Jimmy Carter, when he was in office, reached a deal with Iran just before leaving office in the lame duck. Because there's
2: nothing he can't do. There's because nothing there's nothing
1: he can't do. do. Except get reelected. Um, Except reelected. <laughs> just sorry, Jimmy. George H. W. Bush, Papa Bush, rest in peace. Deployed troops to Somalia during a lame duck. Sure, and in 1998, a republican-controlled House approved articles of impeachment against President Bill Clinton. and all that was from yeah. the Constitution Center. So, like generally, like people think of like a lame d- I think it's also in the name like lame duck, like not supposed you know, like to do it's a sh- lot. it's not supposed to be, you know, it's not like, you know, the wily e. coyote exciting session. you know, it's like sure the lame, d- <laughs> sure. It's it's lame dog. It's truly between,
2: like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's like a yes. month and some yes. change.
1: And nobody is paying attention know? anyway. We're all celebrating various holidays. We're all buying right. things. We're all spending money right. we don't have and eating too much food Correct. and drinking too much wine. Nobody's paying attention. Correct. Uh, except for the people who, you know, are worrying about World War Two and, you know, Somalia. <laughs> you know? And... So, you know what? That's why we sent them. We sent them so we don't have to worry about it. Before the 20th Amendment was ratified on January 23rd, 1933, the new president and the new Congress took office on March 4th. Jeez. Woof. Thank God we moved that back. Thank God we <laughs> moved that shit back. Like, I, whoever's idea that was, God bless Godspeed. Rest in peace. Although elections were still held on the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November. So basically, the 20th Amendment shortened the period of lame duck by, yeah. like, two months. Feels Cut it in right. half. Feels right. Feels right. Yeah. Feels right. Yeah. They passed the twentieth amendment because prior to that, this extended period of a lame duck session created real issues during times of national crisis. This is all coming from Ben Jacobs at at Jen. Quote: In particular, there was the matter of the Great Depression. Small. matter. Small there is matter. the matter of it. Small matter. The move to amend the Constitution to seat the president more rapidly came as Herbert Hoover occupied the White House while President-elect Franklin Delano Roosevelt waited in the wings, powerless to change the nation's course for a quarter of a year after votes to oust Hoover were cast. Yes. That's yes. rough. Yes. That's rough. Yeah. And, yeah. like, and a very real strife was happening. And we're going to, like, it was prolonged just- because FDR was like... Listen, I got my, like, we're ready to go. Like, tap me yeah. in, Coach. We beat him. We beat him. Can I, like, put my shit in place? Yeah. The constitutional amendment cut the lame duck period from four months to two months, like we said, which allowed Roosevelt to take office more rapidly and implement his own reforms during the turbulent time of the
0: like, Great put Depression. Put me in, Coach. Put, me, put in. me in.
1: Put me in. I'm ready. I've been practicing. So here are some things that could potentially happen in this lame duck. Again, all of this coming from one Ben Jacobs at Jen. These are just some of the things that he's speculating could happen. Of course, it's Trump. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, quote, there could be a last-minute push to confirm as many GOP judicial nominees as possible. Although Capitol Hill was once governed once governed by the informal Thurmond rule to avoid confirmation of controversial judges judicial nominees during the second half of a presidential election year. This clearly does not apply anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. Clearly, Clearly not. not. <laughs> Clearly not. Trump still has the full powers of the presidency available to him as a lame duck, which means he can like issue executive orders, he can do other mm-hmm. things. These are only limited by his tenure in office. So once, they, once he is no longer in office and Joe Biden is sworn in as president, he no longer has these powers. While Trump could successfully push the Department of Justice to prosecute political enemies, those prosecutions would only last until he leaves office because- when he leaves his appointed administration officials also leave it's part of the transition it's all done. joe mm-hmm. biden's people would come in and for sure joe biden would stop those procedures for sure for, for sure. sure so he could uh, any executive orders issued during the transition period could also be instantly revoked and joe biden's already talked about like yeah you know what that he's the some of the executive orders that have been issued, even in the the earlier parts of the Trump administration, yeah. he's already talked about overturning those and and revoking those. Trump could still issue a host of federal regulations through the formal rulemaking process. Many could be overturned by Congress under the Congressional Review Act. This provides that simple majorities of both chambers of Congress can override any federal regulation within 60 days of it being submitted. So, a little bit of a fail safe on the federal rule, on the formal rulemaking process from sure. uh, the Trump administration. He can also still fully exercise his powers as commander in chief. He can declassify information as he sees fit. The only truly unlimited ability left to Trump is the power of the pardon, which mm-hmm. for, you know, we did an episode on that, God, way back when. So long ago, so long ago. It. it's still so relevant. <laughs> it's still so relevant and so good. I love that episode.
2: Yeah. Well, we talked about Joe Arpaio, who was oh, the yeah. former sheriff of Maricopa County in yes. Arizona. Yes. And is now, you know, is currently trending blue for Biden. So it yep. is sort of an irony of sorts, the, the, the full circle effect, really.
1: Yes. We read his pardon out loud on, on in the podcast. hmm Yeah. So Trump could use his power to pardon. Uh, he could use it freely without any kind of political consequences. And of course he would because he's out of power yeah, he could, par- he could pardon anybody that he wanted. He could pardon associates, donors, or even himself. I love that. I know. Love that for <laughs> him. Love that for America. Trump's pardon power only applies to federal cases, not to violations of state law. But other than that, there are no limits. So, you know, mm-hmm. if New York State continues to go down the the route, which I'm sure they will, of oh, investigating yeah. him and prosecuting him for various things that he has done that were illegal or presumed to be illegal, he could pardon himself for anything that could potentially reach, uh, you know, federal charges, but anything yeah. that happened within the state of New York, that the state of New York wants to prosecute him for, he yeah. has no power to excuse himself from those.
2: Yeah. No, I, I foresee, I foresee, well, I foresee because Mitch McConnell has said that he wants to now strike a deal for coronavirus, which thank you so much, Mitch. Um, so grateful to have you. So grateful <laughs> to like, have you on board. <laughs> Sorry we'll have you on board. Thank you for finally addressing um, sort of pandemic relief of a pandemic that's been raging for eight months. He, he came out and said that that's a, a priority for the Senate is negotiating a coronavirus deal. So...
1: With Trump or you know, with Biden?
2: With a corona... Like, with... with I think in this next... When the Senate comes back.
1: Oh, in the lame duck? The lame
2: duck? I, I think. Could be wrong. He could have meant the new... The new session...
1: Yeah, officially, but um, but I I thought he meant in the lame duck session. No, we I'm sure, seeing I I hadn't heard that. I'm sure he does because if he, I mean, his goal is to spend less money, and he's going right. it's going to be harder to negotiate the less money part of the wanting to spend less money with right. a Democratic president who will be like right. no
2: spend my money. But also, I can't even imagine Trump signing a bipartisan coronavirus package at this point. Only in Cran i sorry. <laughs> exactly right. So, so that, the, my point was, my point being that, like, my guess would have been that they would have gone the judges, the confirmation judges route, because that's all they've been doing for, you know, four yeah. years is just confirming a mass amount of judges. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I truly, I think that Trump is going to be so preoccupied with trying to get the election results overturned for the next, yeah. through November. Yeah. Then you're talking about two and a half weeks of December. And then it's over, right? Like, then, yeah. you know, then the, the lame duck session, time is out. Senators, Congress people, they are, they've gone home. Yep. They've gone home. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, nobody knows what to expect from this lame duck session. I think all eyes will be on whatever legal proceedings yeah. they, they try to bring forth, obviously, again. I can't, other than sort of like... Very staunch Trump supporters and Trump-supporting congressional people, you don't see a lot of sort of more moderate and or liberal people saying, "Yeah, oh my god, this might actually <laughs> this might actually turn around for him." That's just like not something you're hearing at all, sort of like across the board. In fact, no. like I, in fact Republicans, it's I feel like only if Giuliani. <laughs> It is only Giuliani, and if Republican leadership—I mean, Republicans have mostly been silent. Although George Bush today announced, like, was like, "Congratulations to President-elect Joe Biden." You know, he oh, made good. a statement.
1: Yeah, I saw but, Romney
2: you know, made a statement. Romney—I mean, Romney made a statement, but like, at like, Mitch McConnell hasn't made a yep. statement. I think Lindsey Graham has said he'll support Trump's legal pursuits, obviously. But like, I think Lisa Murkowski congratulated the, mm. the pre, oh, yeah. uh, Joe Biden. But across the board, you're not seeing a ton of current higher-up Republican congresspeople saying anything. Yeah. And the way I see that as it's like, if they thought there was a modicum of a chance that they could overturn this,
1: they would
2: be raging. Yeah. It would be vocal. I think that they're just like, let's just see what the lawsuit is. Yeah. And And then I imagine after tomorrow through this week you will start seeing more and more trickle-in of, like...
1: For sure. Because results. they don't... They don't... People like Romney and Lisa Murkowski don't want him there either. Like, he no, has but made their, their life like mitch McConnell. so hard. But even Mitch McConnell, like, to have to deal with, you know, playing to the Trump base be, uh, when Trump has power and has the power and the platform to, like, basically be a kingmaker among his base and the conservative base... You know, it's like – like, you – I would – I would want that pressure gone. Like, I – like – and, like, make Biden – like, make the Democrats back to being the bad guys, right? Like, they'd rather have Biden in there, somebody who they can, like, actually argue against. Yeah, sure, blame. Sure, sure.
2: Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. It is interesting that, you know, you have seen kind of a a silence among – Republican senators, primarily, and also House members, you know, yeah. just kind of across the board.
1: Yeah. I was There's surprised been a- that George Bush said something. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that makes, I mean, what stake does he have in the game? <laughs> his, Repar- his None. His Republican Party is gone. Yeah. And I was watching, the one thing that I did find interesting that I was watching yesterday was like the New York ticker, or the, sorry, the New York Times ticker on the side That has like the running commentary of like the latest news. And it's yesterday, it was all like, so and so congratulates Biden on a win. So and so congratulates. And it would be like, you know, once in a while, it would be like a Republican House member. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Okay, Some decency, some decency. All right. Yeah. Yep.
2: I mean, there's just, quite simply, there's just no way for these results to be overturned. I think, legally. No. Now, there is always that chance of some sort of insane, what I would call, uh, abuse of power Mm -hmm. that could happen. But at this point, again, the margins are just not narrow enough to flip the amount of states that Trump needs to flip. Georgia, maybe, because it's 10,000.
0: Mm -hmm. But once you start getting into the
2: 20s and especially the 30s, Pennsylvania's in the 40s and climbing, they project that it'll probably be around 50,000 that separate him, uh, Joe Biden and Trump. It's like, yeah, it's just crazy to think of any scenario where you can somehow overturn or get rid of or mark invalid 50,000 votes. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Future Lizzie will have reported on it probably very briefly earlier in this episode. So we thank you, future Lizzie, for your work. Thank you, future Lizzie. <laughs> we love you so much. And, you know, we'll just kind of see how this thing shakes out. Obviously, I was surprised and not surprised about various aspects of this election. I am I'm yep. glad we are turning a corner on it and we are looking at final, like, final results will start. Coming in. I feel very confident in the projections of, like I said, of Biden being the next president of the United States and Kamala. Very mm-hmm. excited about Kamala Harris. Yep. And, you know, we'll just keep doing some educational little episodes and yes. learning more about, you know, whatever we want to learn about. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, You know we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.